We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Duffy Podcast. Yo, we let's get to these coordinators left. <laughs> All we do on this podcast is try to warn people of things to come and what might be. And all of a sudden, when they come to fruition, we're the bad guys. We're just telling you, man, check your Notre Dame history and tell me when going into fall camp, not knowing who the quarterback is, let me know when that's worked out in Notre Dame's favor. Just let me know. Didn't work last year. Yo, if you went and got the guy, make him the dude. <laughs> Let everybody know he's the dude. And if he gets outplayed, then fine. You can make a change. But at least you stuck to your guns and let everybody know who the dude is. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's, it's no, and, it, and it's okay to be wrong. It's okay if you just sold out on Sam Hartman. You told Tyler Bunny you was bringing him in. You gave him 100% of the reps to get ready for the season, and it doesn't work out. Everybody would be like, okay, we tried something. We tried to think that we could get better because we committed to the plan and we did that. But don't commit to a plan halfway and then at the end, throw Tyler Buckner and be like, well, see, Tyler rose above all the, 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 the doubters. You were the doubters. <laughs> you were the ones telling him he wasn't good enough. You were the ones that was giving him half the chance. You were the one. So if he does better, don't say it was because of him. You the one that put the obstacle there. This is it. You supposed to be on his team. If you on his team, you support him. Not throw obstacles to see if he can jump over them. That doesn't – no, this is not – you do that if you're trying to win a prize, like a cash prize in that setting. But if you're trying to win a championship with a team, you don't do that to your team leader. What sense does that make? Make, yeah. your, make, your, make your quarterback that runs the show jump through the most psychological hurdles? To do what? Make him less prepared? And be well, like, well, competition? No, there's no competition. It's a business. We said that Tyler Buckner can win at Notre Dame if you allowed him to develop. Yeah. We were down with Sam Hartman coming in, but we told you to hold your horses and stop making them the same. We, to- we told you he was going to have a tough time transitioning at Notre Dame. And it wasn't going to be as easy as everybody thought it would be. We said that. We said the quarterback room is twice as good as it's ever been in the last four or five years. We said that. We said that. We said Notre Dame should score more points than they ever did under Brian Kelly in the last three seasons he was here. We said that. Don't get mad at us just because we operate in our right to actually disagree with how something is being handled. That's all. We disagree with once again going into fall camp, not knowing who the dude is when it didn't work for you last year, and it was obvious who the starter was. And heck, if one person has outplayed the other one to this point, then guess what? To this point, he should be the starter. 
whoever walks out with that first unit, whoever walks on the field with that first offensive line unit on Saturday, that's the dude. Started. That's the dude. That's the dude. That's the dude. And and Roger says it's and Roger says it's not smart to give one player hundred center reps. He must not know how professional sports work. He definitely doesn't know how professional sports work. <laughs> Backup quarterbacks take zero. Uh, what yes, percentage of snaps? Wait, yes, what percentage of the snaps? In two thousand fifteen, backup tape. No, no, zero. that's key for the college. How many percentage? What percentage of the snaps did you get coming into the two thousand fifteen season going into Texas? Seven. Uh, 50, yeah, eighty percent. Eighty percent. Eighty percent. So what are you talking about? What are you talking about? When you know who the starter is, they get the bulk of the snaps in practice. Yeah. Like, what are we? What are we talking about? Spencer Bennett got 80% of the snaps. Caleb Williams is getting 80% of the snaps. And they got great quarterbacks there. Drake May is getting 80% of the snaps. Oh, Drake May is getting 100%. They only... <laughs> hey, Drake May is about? running the practice on offense. What are you talking about? It's not 100%. Wait, who? Man, stop. Talk with some sense. Nobody has said anything about giving 100% okay, of the it doesn't snaps have to, to be 100, but it can't be 50. See, man, this is when you, the hyperbole starts. It don't have to be 100, but it can't be 50. Where people just want to argue just to argue instead of listening. We can agree to disagree. That's but true. once again, there's only one person that has been through it on both sides competitively and knows definitively how it affects a football team. And that's this dude right here. And if you want to argue, man, no. Now we're lying. Left, now we said a quarterback deserves 100% of the snaps. I think that if you're serious about a quarterback coming in for one year that has no idea about what y'all do and y'all are hoisting him as the quote-unquote savior or guy to get over the hump, you 100% Need to hundred percent giving hundred percent of the snaps. <laughs> so don't I mean, say, don't say y'all said that. Y'all didn't say that. He said that. Okay, let's not let's not be. And he's uh, being hyperbolic. Yes, let's, let's be let's be okay, let's be literal then. Let's be literal. Let's be please literal. be literal before they let's take be. this to another message board. It cannot be 50-50. That's me being little. It cannot be 50-50. If you are expecting Sam to come in and be better than what your guys are in the room, which you told already the year before, it cannot be 50-50. It should be 70-30, 80-20. But there has to be an overwhelming amount of support for a guy that, one, you know that can't carry by himself. If he can't carry by himself, you have to over – it's like if a if – a, if it if a sponge is dry, yeah, don't put a little water on it. It ain't gonna get it. The, the, it ain't gonna get the job done. Yeah, pour water on it till it can't take no more water. Yeah, that's how you do it. Because when you're required to operate, I don't want to hear nobody talk about Sam don't know everything. He ain't that comfortable. Why not? How is he not comfortable in game one or two? How is he not? Oh, because he only been taking fifty percent of the rest. It's just, it's just, it's just backwards. If you want a guy to go do a job, then let him do the job. That's the whole point. If you want a guy to be an insurance plan, that should be a conversation. Hey, don't go third, fourth round. Come, uh, come be the rabbit in the race for Tyler Buckner to get better than you. And then if it doesn't work, you can play. And if it does, we'll, you know, fifty-fifty it until something happens. That doesn't you hurting the team. You're hurting the team because at the end of the day, those five guys up front, they would like to listen to one voice. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. That's it. That's it. That's all that's been said. And for the second season, it's not a good feeling not knowing going into fall camp who the quarterback is, bro. Tyler Buckner don't feel good. You think Tyler Buckner, like, listen, did you think Tyler Buckner feels good going into fall camp? His third fall camp being 50 50. This is third one now. To two two of the 50 50 battles are the guys that came out of nowhere. They didn't go to the freshman uh orientation. Last year was the most disrespectful. <laughs> I tell you right now, Tyler Buckner knew without a shadow of a doubt he was better than Drew Pine. Yes. Like, that was disrespectful to Tyler. I'll tell you right now. And this is the thing. You know what's so crazy? There was a ton of publications like talking about how much better Drew Pine was. Yeah, ton. And I'm like, <laughs> what? In what aspect? Look. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If I'm Tyler Buckner, I am sick of this. Sick of this. Ian didn't do this. Hell, oh, that's, a, really did that's a great thing. That's a great example. Being decisive. After that Miami game, Brian Kelly was decisive about who was the quarterback for Notre Dame. Well, they've been trying to get Brandon out. <laughs> Thank you. But they didn't want to say it. They wanted Brandon to play bad. Then they can do it. They didn't want to be like, all right, we're just going to go in. Well, See, Clemson kinda, did it right. Clemson they, did it right. I love how Clemson did it. They said, Kelly Brown, I know you balling, brother, but just. just you're, not tre- you're not Trevor. You're just not Trevor. You're not Trevor. And, and even though cool. you're doing touchdown. Yes. See, see, it's, it's messed up how Notre Dame did, Brandon. They was like, please throw a pick so we can put this man in here. Please. Ian came in through a pick. They said, damn, Ian. A pick six to set. A pick six to set. <laughs> so Marcus Freeman just need to be keep it real. Just keep it real. Let's do. If I'm Tyler Buckner, I'm pissed. I'm walking in Marcus Freeman's office first day of fall camp. Say, stop playing with me. You telling me dudes ain't dudes is better than me that you about to bring in? Then they not they come in not better than me. Then you brought in. Then the dude last year wasn't better than me. You talk about 50, 50. What is this? Let me be me. Tyler Buckner? And we close out with Eric Ward saying this. We're not winning crap this year anyway. Should not have got a transfer. Should have went with Buckner. And maybe next year we should be better off. No. You went and got the transfer quarterback because you felt like your team has a chance to get to the playoff. That's why you went and got him. That's why you went and got him. That's why you told your guy that you're saying is 50-50 that we're looking for better than him. And now you're telling him he's got a chance? He's 50? No, hey, I man, I tip my cap. I usually have my cap right here so I can tip it. I tip my cap to Tyler Buckner wanting to be the antagonist of this whole situation. Man, you, yeah, you, you want to do it. You want to be in this because that's wanting to say, all right, you go do what you want to do. He has to see me on this field. He got to see me on the field, which is is great. 
but but it's like he already know he's he can do the job better right now. That's Yo, all. Tyler knows he can is, do the job better right now, and he's up not upset. He's just laying cool in the weeds because he knows that he's he got to be ready now. Like that's the thing. Let the let the let the circus go on and all this Sam Hartman business. But at the end of the day, when Tyler Butler gets his chance, he gotta play good. <laughs> he gotta play. You know what the killer? You know what the killer part is. As much as Ty, I mean, hey, Tyler Butler completed what nine straight passes against Ohio State in the first half. You know how many things I can point out. You know how bad the offensive line was against Ohio State. From where they, from where they finished, yeah. From you know how they bad finished. they were. Like people want to jump on Tyler Buckner. You know how bad the offensive line was. Al Golden safety blitz from twenty yards away on third and ten. And we, what are we talking about? As bad as he played against Marshall, with six minutes left, Tyler Buckner had the ball on Marshall's side of the field with a chance to put the game away. What does your fifth-year senior do after a timeout? Get a, what, a false start. Third, third and short. Yeah. What does he do? False start or something crazy. False like. start. Now, what are we talking about, man? Like, Notre Dame could have won games if they were a better team, even yeah. with Tyler Buckner learning and getting better. Which he could have got experience of when he was a freshman with Jack Holmes. And we would have really been in the head of the game. So. And the fan base still wasn't happy after the Gator Bowl. They still weren't happy. They still he weren't happy. Yeah. See, this we want to forgive people, right? Right? Once again, you have a chance to put the game away. And your fifth-year senior, so that – that had nothing to do with the game. Keeping your young quarterback in third and one instead of third and six, that's not a better position for him. Right. right? Yeah. Making your quarterback who's young have the most carries on the team and he's not the running back, that's not putting the team in position to win. Because the offensive line couldn't move the ball and move the defensive line that was 30 pounds lighter off the ball. Against Marshall. Against Stanford. Against Stanford. Let's just put it all on Tyler Buckner. Put it all on the quarterbacks. Let's forget about how the rest of the team. Forget about how the rest of the team. See, this is why. Let me explain it to you. This is why this fan base blindly put the pressure on Sam Hartman. Because they ignore all of the problems with everybody else. Yeah. They ignore the problems everywhere else. If, if we just get the quarterback right, everything's going to be fine. No. 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 Your offensive line was terrible. Your te- offensive line was terrible for the first two games. Hell, the, third, first, the Stanford game was even worse. For the first two games. Nine points. It's for the first great. two games, the defensive line couldn't stop a running attack. Oh, yeah. They couldn't stop Ohio State in the third and fourth quarter. They couldn't stop Marshall on the ground. But we want to talk about Tyler Buckner. Now he did throw two picks in the quarterback. That, that, was, that was tough. That's cool. <laughs> but that's beside the point. You can win, right? Sam Hartman had a game with like five interceptions and two pick sixes last year. I don't hear that. I yeah, don't hear that. And, 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 and uh, he could have had and, uh, uh, Tyler Buckner could have had a touchdown before half if, if Braden Lindsey connected on that. Against Marshall, so it's no, like that's on Tyler Buckner. He missed that pass. That's on Tyler. My Buckner. point is, my point is, football does not come down to one player, and it does not come down to one position. And when you, as a fan base, continue to forgive the flaws that are all over the field, and focus just on the quarterback, and think just getting the quarterback is going to lead to a national championship. That's when you have a problem. You got a blind spot for your team, and you need to open your eyes. 
You got a blind spot for your team, and you need to open your eyes. So we're not about to sit here and act like J.D. Bertrand was great the first four or five weeks of the season. We're not about to do that. We're not about to act like the linebackers were great. We're not about to sit here and act like every backup running back ran for darn near 100 yards against Notre Dame. We're not about to sit here and ignore all of that. No. We're not about to sit here and ignore the fact that USC's coaching staff said, if we don't allow the special teams for Notre Dame to get on the field, we'll be fine. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That was their approach. But it's the quarter. It's all about the quarterbacks, though. Yeah. So we get the quarterback right, Notre Dame's going to be fine. They're just going to get fine. They're going to be fine. I definitely think the quarterback has a huge piece, but I think that from a, a decision decision standpoint on who to roll out there, I don't think it should be treated like these other positions are treated. You can't treat the quarterback position in terms of what they mean to a team the same as what the running back, because the running backs are a very important part of our offense. They will make it go in a lot of cases. We have a, a huge depth yeah. chart. Backs. Yeah. But are the running backs going to be the deciding factor in a, in a game of which the talent is, is equal? Maybe, maybe not. I think it plays a big part, but having a quarterback, it's just, ah, oh, man. Look, hey, left. All I know is it's a bunch of people in the chat that's copping please right now. Yeah. Because when Sam Hartman decided to come to Notre Dame, nobody was talking about he needed development. Nobody, nobody was talking said about it was going to be 50-50 either. Nobody, yeah. No one was talking about, oh, Sam Hartman needs to be developed. That's not what was being said. Oh. That was not, we got ripped on our podcast because we said, relax. That's true. He's That's not true. that dude. He's not a carrier. Not a carrier. He's going to have to come in and be a part of a team. Yeah, and he can be good doing and that. And win a team. Yeah. Win a team over. We said that. And people were like, oh, y'all haters. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And now that we're here in the midst of a competition and we're hearing about him struggling and we're hearing about how Tyler has the respect of the players and everybody, now it's like, oh, well, he needs time. You know, he needs development. What? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, because somebody brought up how many passing yards Sam Hartman has, right? 12,000. Let me read you the top 10 all-time passers in yardage in college football. Case Keenum, Tim Chang, Landry Jones, Graham Harrell, Ty Detmer, Kellen Moore, Baker Mayfield, Luke Falk, Colt Brennan, and Raheem Cap. You tell me which one of them went to the next level and lit it up, Left. Like I said, in terms of the NFL, he's a third, fourth-round pick. Back up. So, he's no different than Ian. Ian, you know, they're going to float around as backups and playing preseason games and making an appearance in week 13 and 14 or something like that and be a Matt Moore of the league, you know, get a couple. Massey, I agree with you totally. After four years, ain't no development left. Ain't none. none. He, is who, he is who he is. He about to get drafted. He was already about to get handmade, packaged up, and sent to the league. No, no assembly required. We got a guy with no assembly required. He's supposed to be ready to go. All right, here you go, man. Here you go, left. Here's let's let's get this out of the way, man. Jared Parker on the quarterbacks left. Just to talk about it, I think that um, for us, the, the development has happened through uh, one a really a strong relationship that's being built by the room you know, through Gino and the guys. And I think, we think as a staff, that's probably the best part that they've really bonded, which you have to in that room to get things solved. So the development's happened well off the field, which is really helps it. Um, and I said this the other day in another interview, I think this, that anytime you add maturity and guys like Sam Hartman to your program and to that room, all it does is make everybody better. 
And this Notre Dame has taught me now more than ever, that's what Notre Dame's about. Like, we want to put special people in this program from the head coach down. And when you do that, it's the adage that high tide raises all boats. And that is what I've seen and what we've seen as a staff. So, you know, I'm not dodging the question everybody's going to want to ask. The development's been good. Uh, Buckner and Sam have both played at a high level. Um, it's great to see Minchie come out today and play some high-level reps as a guy that still should be in high school. And Steve Angeli has really showed some promise in throwing the football as well. So that's really where it is. So all four have developed in their own way. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, can I start? Let me start. From the, I'll let you handle the front end. Let me explain the back end because it correlates to what we've been talking about. Anybody with two eyes that went to Notre Dame's practice can tell that Kenny Minchie is a better quarterback than Steve Angel. <laughs> it, it takes five minutes of watching him throw to realize who the better quarterback is. Hey, why did Gerard Parker talk about them in sequence of starting? He, he mentioned Kenny before he mentioned Steve. That means Kenny Exactly. You know why? Because Kenny's he, a better quarterback. And, and then he hit him with the – he's showing some promise of throwing it. Uh, anybody can show promise throwing it. Was he? Is he commanding the offense? Is he making good plays? Is he? He said, "Yeah, he, he's showing some promise that he can throw it." That's a, that's terrible. But he's like Kenny should be in high school still. He out here. But you know what? That that is top <laughs> level football program. You recruit a kid, he should be good, and he should be better than the dudes you have there. At the bottom, he should be better than Steve Angeli. Yeah, and he should be equipped to in November to start a game if necessary. Period. So what? Next year we're going to go into fall camp with Tyler and Kenny Minchie battling it out. Oh my God, I can't. Tyler, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would tell Tyler, please don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself, Tyler. Don't let them rope you into that again. Because Angeli going, you know, I think Angeli knows. He might get his degree this year. What do you, yeah, he get his degree this year, right? No, might be a year away. But no, 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 no. He's just a, Angeli's still a freshman. No, he's not. Or is he a sophomore? I'm mad. I'm stuck. Either way, <laughs> look. Look, don't be mad. Don't be, don't be taking it hard because they don't talk about it look, going either. Look, so. all I'm saying. All I'm trying to say is that it does not take it didn't take us long last year to know that Tyler Buckner was better than Drew Pine. It did not take us long. I don't know. I don't know what everybody else was looking at. Yeah, that's what I don't be understand. I'm like, I know you probably go to practices and, and can identify within the first 10 minutes who's starting, who's who's on the cusp of starting, who's a dude, and who is not. A dude who shouldn't be there should probably be so you can you it's like come on you've been, you've watched football long enough that's why like, why is this quarterback thing such a mystery it's it like we can, if we really had to watch practice and be like hmm, who do I want rolling out against and I'm, look for the sake I'm telling you right now left from the practices that I've seen <laughs> it is clear as we sit here. April 18, 2023. It is clear <laughs> who the better quarterback has been in the spring. It's clear. Now they it might not be the person that they want it to be. Yes, yeah. That's what it's, it's about. But it's clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who that's the better quarterback is right now. And that's the problem I'll be having. Because you know what's clear, but you it's not what you want it to be. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. So don't fight it. I like. I actually like what D Rock said. I said, if it, D, I like what D Rock Ivory said. Listen, if it's so 50 50, don't play either one of them in the spring game. Play Angeli and Kenny Minchie to see who's going to be the third going into fall. That's it. That's it. That way, Steve Angeli can know, okay, Kenny's better than me. It's time to move on. Josh Miller said, <laughs> according to you guys, Kenny shouldn't get any reps. If you watch, oh, no, no, practice, get- wait, no, no. If you watch practice, he barely gets reps. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. You're right. Because that's what actually happens. But you know what Kenny does with the minimum reps he gets? Looks he lights it up. The- he lights it up. 
with the five reps he gets every practice, he lights it up in live action. He lights it up. So you clearly see in minimum action that he's better than that dude. And if you give him time, he's going to mess around and be better than that dude. (laughs) Keep playing. Because he's a natural thrower of the football. (laughs) At the quarterback position, it dude. It it's not as Nas said. It ain't hard to tell, bro. It hard. Uh, it is not hard to tell. That's why I'm like Marcus Freeman. Come on, you a smart black man. It's you know what you know what looks good, bro. You played football. You you know you know what you lined up against across and knew what was what was dangerous and what wasn't. I feel like Marcus Freeman have a hard time chasing Tyler around. You know. Now I will say this. The majority of practices that we've seen have been pressure periods, which Notre Dame defensively is going to be aggressive this year. I really think they're going to be aggressive this year. We're going to get to Al Gold in a second. Normal defenses that don't blitz, Sam Harvin's probably easily the better quarterback. Oh, yeah. Well, you talking about real-life bullets and the way teams are probably going to approach Notre Dame this year? Most likely how teams are going to play us. Tyler Buckner's the fit. And the way things have been going, the way the defense has been playing versus the offense in the spring, yes. One has clearly outplayed the other. I'm not mentioning names. I'm just saying one has put out plays. Guess, guess which one? Guess, and guess where that would matter the most in those three games? Sam Hartman can look good in all of the games, but them three games when the bullets start flying, we know who should be in there. <laughs> and that's and that's why I was like, listen, if you're selling out on Sam, sell out on Sam. But if if it comes down to when the when his wall starts really going on, and we, we really, 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 really need something different out there against a team that we might be stagnant with from a talent perspective, Tyler Buckner is the answer. Yeah. He's the answer. Because Sam ain't changing who he is in them four years of being who he is. Yeah. Them 26 interceptions is a reason for that. Yo, Jared Parker talked about his office of evolution. Good for us. It, it was awesome to be able to start day one. I think I said this before spring, to be able to know that we could line up, snap the football, and operate with all the things pre-snap before even worrying about trying to execute. There's a lot that goes into just being able to have the ability to get the ball snapped. And so that was a great start. The evolution has been, what are we going to cut? What are we going to rename? How are we going to play with different tempos and certain things that allow us to operate maybe differently and then add what what our wrinkles are? So we've been proud to add some things that we think are going to improve us and make Notre Dame better um, and then still stand on who we are, which is to be a tough physical football team up front. So we've we hopefully we've done those things. Then you touched a little bit on the three freshman early enrollee receivers I, I realize how early it is still right now but are you seeing any inklings that maybe you know one or two of those guys could be a contributor in the yeah fight? maybe it's fair you know it's it's uh with don't, no need to put pressure on those guys they'll put enough on themselves and this place does that because of expectations they're right where they need to be all of them show great promise they're eager and they're figuring it out and that takes a little bit of the bumpy road that coach free talks about but the guys are here they're eager and they both show they all three show great promise moving forward well, I think I think we we know what we got. You know, I think the staff was excited about Sam and what he can add to a new layer of passing for our offense. I think that was an attractive thing that they saw on film where they said, "Okay, we can expand our passing offense with our run game with Sam Hartman." Obviously, Getting him is going to take a little bit longer to get things on speed, especially if you're 50-50 in their reps. 
But I think Tyler Buckner could be the answer if you committed to him as well, which is why I do believe we have a better quarterback room than we've had in the last few years. But it's only better if you commit to one or the other. You know, I think committing to both uh, throughout the season, I think is almost unnecessary because I think either one of them individually could each win eight games. Excluding the three games that is, is going to make or break our season, the other games, I think either one of them starting could win those games. So it's not like we're jumping from level five to level one. This is like a level three to level two jump. And if it's that close, I think at this point, it would make more sense to just commit to a guy to the wheels fall off. And because they're so close, it's not going to be a, a hard to just go to the other one and, and when it needs. That's what y'all did with, you know what I'm saying? I think it was a disadvantage for Drew Pine because he probably felt like he should have started the way y'all was talking about him. So getting him that hype for him not to start and then come in at he, like he did, it just didn't look the same. You know, the chemistry was off. So I don't think you can miss. I think the only way we can mess this up is if we try to keep waiting it out, waiting it out, waiting it out, waiting it out, and not have a plan for it. If you do use both, which we said was possibility in terms of having Tyler and packages, but it seems like y'all like you more than packages, so y'all need to just have a plan on how you're going to do it. Maybe first quarter, Siam goes, second quarter, Tyler goes. But either way, you have to be decisive. I think you want to mute. You know, it's like you said, you know, we only report what we see or what we know. Period. I don't care what Sam Harper looked like against Clemson in that pressure last year. Yeah, I don't care about that. He's not running Wake Forest offense and he's not, he's under center against pressure. <laughs> For the first time. That's totally different. That's totally different. And he's struggling. And he struggled. So I don't care. That Clemson take means absolutely nothing in Notre Dame's offense. Nothing. His saving grace, honestly, are the two offensive tackles he has. And his offense in the running game, especially early especially against Ohio State. Because Ohio State's going to bring the same pressure they brought last year. Same pressure. And they're going to go man-to-man on the outside. Until Notre Dame proves proves that they can hurt them with big plays in the passing game. That's it. So if he was running away for his offense – Okay, I'm sure he probably would look good against pressure. Yeah. But this is not Wake Forest offense. And, and it don't look like we're trying to make it Wake Forest offense no. either. No. <laughs> That's the thing. No. We ain't trying to make it look like that either. No, no, no. no. You got to no. come with our stuff. No, we're not bringing bits and pieces over at all. At all. That's why you're hurting. Because you're you're no different than Kenny. You and Kenny about on the same, you know, football level on understanding of the offense. Look, and, and that's why I said don't let Kenny get in that mix because Kenny might mess around. They'd be like, you know what? Kenny Kenny got more years, huh? Marcus Freeman had a reason for that, though. He kind of explained that away a little bit. Let me know what you think, bro. Times where communication is, is vital, right, is between the, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator being on the same page and, and um, communicating on what they're going to see. But what you don't want to do is, is slow down uh, the progress of the defense. You're talking about the defense being in year two, all the coaches are the same. A lot of guys are returning. The, what they're doing defensively is at a totally different level 
than what it even was last year. I mean, those guys are playing at a really high level and doing multiple different things. And um, the offense, even though the, the, the terminology is the same and, and there's a couple coaches that are the same, they're still continuing to gel together as they move forward. But communication is vital. The other thing is it, it can't always be outcome driven. That's the one thing you'll hear me say all the time is that I'm not always concerned about who wins or loses. I'm, I'm, last year had to be competitive spirit. Like, we got to be competitive. You got to win every drill. And I felt that's what we needed. This year is like we have to continue to progress. I'm not worried about August yet. I'm just worried about getting better. So maybe, you know what, there's exceptions to the rules and maybe there's success on defense because we haven't installed that offensively. But can we teach and get better from it? And that's what I'm, I make sure to reiterate to all the coaches. Don't I'm the worst one. Just don't be so outcome driven. Don't be outcome driven. You know, make sure we are continuing to improve. And that's that's important. But let me add to this that that questioning. He was talking about the defense, and he was being asked why they've been blitzing so much. Yeah, this is a and he he was saying it's not that we've been blitzing so much. He's that it's the next level. You have, you have the next level of Al Golden's deep installment going up against Jared Parker's first level. level. What? That's what. That's my question. What level you think the offense is at with this transfer? So, he was basically saying that the defense was ahead. Because they look, this is what they do, which leads me to believe that in his second year, Al Golden is going to be very yeah. aggressive. Yeah, very aggressive. They, 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 yeah, they, they upgraded. They, they ready to go. So, Marcus Freeman is saying the defense is ahead because they're working on the second installment of Al Golden's defense, and they're comfortable now in the defense. That's why. We're blitzing. It's not like we're just blitzing on purpose. This is who we are defensively. This is who we've grown to be. And that's why I said, hey, we might get an aggressive Notre Dame this year, which should be exciting to watch, you know. But against that aggressive defense, once again, and Sam Harper's not alone. Tyler has struggled against the pressure as well. But one has struggled more than the other. Because what from what we've watched, when they pressure, the defense wins the day. Yeah. So it's just interesting that he said that left. No, know, yeah, I think it, I think it's the it's good that uh Al Golden is feeling more comfortable to install the next level or layer of intricacies or complexities and what they were doing um, from last year, which I think will benefit uh, not only in the, the types of disguises, but also the, the timing of blitzes. And we become a faster defense when, you know, you're on a next level of making the same things that look away, but you're responding differently to them. Um, and that trust factor, I think that's the biggest thing that Al Golden, Marcus Freeman noticed with the defense is the trust factor. Al Golden trusts those guys, trust that the, the second year of them getting it, uh, they can be effective with it. And it's been shown in practice clearly because we've been lighting the offense up. So that's why I go back to, you know, talking about Sam, is that he has to play way better on a day-to-day -day basis, which he's not used to. You know, yeah, you can have five touchdowns against Clemson in one game of the season, but just imagine going against a Clemson-type defense every day. And he might end up being better for it like, Jack, the Cole, like Jack Cole was. Exactly. Jack Cole didn't face a better defense every day in practice. Well, Wisconsin no. pretty good. Yeah, that, but, that's, yeah, he did face a but, but he saw what a better defense than that looked like every day. So yeah. Jack probably was comfortable, like he looked comfortable whenever he was in there. Like, man, I'm going to just sit back here and do my thing because I've seen good defenses, you know, every day. And I think Sam is making that adjustment. All I'm saying is give him more. Don't just tease him with some reps. Give him the reps he needs to be the guy that you told Tyler Buckner he was. <laughs> Let's say I'm being a guy that the boogeyman that you told Tyler Buckner was coming last year. Don't let him get half the reps and, you know, just 
just a way of doing things. Hey, Al Golden, who is <laughs> jumping out on defense? The Tello stepping into a bigger role, Junior stepping into a bigger role. Burnham has done a nice job. Um, you know, inside, um, Anya has, has made progress, which is great. Heinish has made progress. So, I mean, th there's a bunch of guys battling there. And, uh, and there's still time. We have a couple other guys that we need to, to step up. Um, JJB has made a big difference at end. Him and Nana are doing a great job there. And, and, and uh, uh, Baptiste is doing a great job learning the defense. So that's, that's been positive, too. And throughout the spring, what's been your emphasis or message to, I guess, maybe all three of the, the fifth-year guys at, at linebacker and, and even then maybe individually each of those three? Have yeah, just, challenge, just challenging them to get better, you know, find things every day to get better at. Um, I think Kais has done that. Um, it, it's, been, uh, it's been great to see his progression, being able to play inside and outside. So I'm, I'm really pleased with his spring so far. J.D., you know, we challenged him to lead continue to lead, be more of a, a team leader, unit leader, uh, which has been great. And uh, Maris has to have the versatility to go on and off the ball. So uh, I think he's improved his edge stuff. So I think, uh, you know, all, all three of those guys are challenged every day and they've responded. You like what you hear? Yeah, I think it's just a general overview. You know, listening to guys like Al Golden, he just is like everybody's just steadily moving along. He speaks more of like the team in progress than Marcus Freeman speaks of like how the team is going to be and what he wants it to be and how it looks in the outside looking in. So uh, you're not going to get too much from Al Golden other than, you know, things are on pace how they should be. And that's that's good to hear. But also hearing from Marcus Freeman that they are they have dived or dove deeper into getting that defense a little more intricate. Uh, just in turn, it's going to make us better in the long run. We were 16th in pass defense last year. Uh, I think that'll be better, if not the same. And then coming along with that, our run game and run defense uh, becomes more stout. And if we can make two defensive stats in the top 25, I think we're on pace to be in a threat defensively going into the playoffs, but also um, – make those three games seem a lot less, a lot less big. Yeah, I can see that. I like the way you looked at that, Left. I have to be honest. I like the way you looked at that. Changed my perception a little bit. We close out with Jared Parker talking about the names that he's loving. And you're right. Like the, I was thinking about it before I came in to visit with you all. That there, is, I mean, you're writing names down, and that's good, right? Um, I think the um, the development of Chris Tyree is certainly something that's going to be a, a factor for us. And as he learns how to play that position, Tobias has taken necessary steps. JT, as he continues to work, what it means to be able to play every down and really force himself to be in shape to do that is really taking steps. Those three kind of veterans, if you will kind of show up in different ways, which has been great. The young guys that are here, again, that should be in high school right now are just learning, um, but there's certainly so much to see from them that you like. Um, Deion Colsey is, is taking some steps in certain practices, and if we continue to work on his consistency, we feel good. But you've got a rack of names there that uh, you start to feel good about being able to play and not have to be so um, – put them on the sheet, put them on a call sheet, and have to sub so many out and move the pieces so much. You'd rather be able to sit still with them a little bit. I think Chris Tyree is very intriguing. And Chris Tyree could, and his development could be one of the main reasons that Lorenzo Styles even thinks about playing the other side of the ball. Facts. Facts. I agree with that. I told you, man, I didn't see too many people that could stick him over the middle. Like option routes, oh, Chris Tyree. Routes. Yeah. Like yeah. Little fast. No linebackers of safety sticking him, man. Like that <laughs> short area? No. Is he a top notch route runner right now? No. No.
but can he get open in them little five or ten yard routes? Yes. <laughs> and is he a playmaker? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is he someone that I'm sure the staff fell in love with? Like, oh man, wow, look at that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. They're not going to give you too much on the young wide receivers. Like, yeah, maybe they can contribute. I'm telling you, they will contribute. All you have to do is watch them and, and watch the way they move. They'll contribute. Eli Raritan, getting him back, you know, and some of the other injured tight ends, getting them back. Cooper Flanagan, you know, they'll be able to go to their 12 personnel every now and then if they choose to do so. So, you know, the spring is the spring. The fall will give you the totality of what they want to do. Ultimately, we would have loved for the fall to start with someone being the general on the offense. But they do have a uh, pretty slow starting schedule. So maybe they treat the first two games as an extension of fall camp. Who knows? But when it's all said and done, you better be ready when Ohio State comes to town. That's it. Yeah. Ohio State coming to town is going to be a good test, I just think, for the guys to be able to culminate that what they were working on makes sense before the rest of the season takes place. A good marker for if we're really like that. And I think that uh, we'll find out, you know, and I'm excited to see uh, year two of Marcus Freeman, man, a lot of ups and downs so far, and it's been so often. So so I'm like, <laughs> hopefully it turns around for my guy. I think it will. I think it will. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Now, are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com and Premium American Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. <laughs> I don't know if I need to put some bonus or Draymond on the Petty Train, bro. So bonus has spent, spent the first two games flopping and diving and being a little extra at times. Do you think he's doing that because he knows he's going against Draymond? He's almost got to be like that. He's like, he's like, man, Coach Mike, Mike Brown's like, man, you know Draymond going to have all the antics. So you damn near got to have antics too, you know. I don't know. Draymond definitely on the petty train for all the extra stuff while they were reviewing the play. It's like, man, you know what? Yeah, this is your last year with Golden You can tell, so. huh? You can tell he's just fighting and scratching it that like he don't want it to be last. He wanna he trying to reignite the the big three. He trying to do anything he can, but it's Man. like it don't look like Clay and Steph rocking with him like that, you know. And Jordan Whoa. Poole just like that awkward friend that's like they want him to be they want him to be in the club, but they they close homie don't want him to be in there. He basically Jordan Poole is like B Mickey. <laughs> and, and Draymond's like Terry in the beginning, where Terry, like, man, why we like this dude B Mickey, man? It's, and reaching oh, the boy man. rocking with B Mickey, you know? Yeah, I, I think 
I don't expect Draymond or Jordan Poole to be on Golden State next year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They just paid Jordan Poole the bag. Yeah, he's going to get a nice little trade, too. Shoot. Oh, no. If Steph say so, if Steph like, look, get them both out of here. They I know he's, he's been sitting on that bench in this series. You know why? He can't play he, defense. He can't defend worth a, worth a lick. I don't care how much you can score. We can't yeah. play you. Man, I mean, for who? Yeah. Man, you know how many people, you know how many teams would trade for Jordan Poole? Who? The Wizards? Man, I guarantee you the Bulls would trade for him. Man, that dumb. I guarantee it. They wouldn't I trade for him. They got Zach Levine. Are we starting the Zach Levine stuff again? <laughs> I'm just saying. Come on, man. Uh, Don't start this, man. Don't start this. No, Zach Levine. You know who would I would trade him to? I would dangle Jordan Poole to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, he, but he's he's a young guy too, you know. You know, it's teams out there. They feel like, oh, man, he scores 20 points. He can shoot. Not with Kevin Porter Jr. ball hog himself and Jalen <laughs> ball hog too. Both of them ball hogs. That backcourt is the most ball hogging backcourt in America. I wouldn't want to play for none of them boys. And Houston is the worst city for both of them dudes to play in. Oh, man. Like, they playing for, for what's off the court. <laughs> they playing for oh, that. Man. Oh, my God. It's the worst city. The worst, you literally need veterans in Houston, dude. You, you you have to, uh, Eric Gordon you get, And he was a, already a vet in Houston. He said, I got to get the hell out of here. You boys are crazy. Man, he said these boys are. Eric Gordon's face the whole time that year was like, "Man, get me out of here." Oh, and I'm not saying I see the chat. I'm not saying that. I just think Draymond went over the top. I'm not here to debate him stomping on dude. First of all, the whole thing started because the bonus flopped. Flop. Trying to get a trying to get a foul on Clay Thompson. Fell on the ground and then grabbed Draymond's leg, which could have been a foul on him. Should have been a foul on him. I mean, he held on to it like he was like, you're not going anywhere. I'm like, wait a minute. What kind of basketball play is this, Simone? That's how I know. I'm like, maybe Mike Brown told him, he like, you got to pull out all the antics with Draymond because Draymond's going to give you, you're going to go all the way. Man, look, all I know is it is what it is. It happened. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Draymond. <laughs> Can we put a team on the field that ter- terrifies opposing teams? Thank you for the super chat, Truman Dumel. Them blitzes is hitting like you're saying they do in practice. We're going to be all right. Man. Any concern with Notre Dame's youth movement at wide receiver? With Kayla Smith retiring and Styles potentially changing positions, it's clear that multiple true freshmen will play a lot of snaps. Has that ever worked? Were multiple players played? Uh, what year? What year was that? The Ohio State went to Jameson Williams was like a South a freshman, redshirt freshman. I think a boot no. Jameson Williams is a red shirt freshman and Jigba Smith was like a red shirt freshman. Justin Fields last year. Was what? They had Olave. They had Olave, Jameson Williams, and Jigba Smith. They had young freshmen. Ohio, like right now. Cardell Tate is like running with the ones. I'm like, dude, either dudes can play or they can't. Yeah. Either your young players can play or they can't. You know, so I don't lose too much over freshman wide receivers getting a lot of reps. All right, left. 
where do you start man where do you travel because we need to set up the rest of the week schedule for the shows i leave uh wednesday night a red eye so i'll be able to be up to speed on stuff won't miss anything all right that's something else boy it's just a straight it's a straight shot not bad right right, as long as it's a straight shot oh (laughs) the left i'm sean davis we'll see you tomorrow make sure you spin it different I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. (laughs) Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.